This episode is brought to you by Classical Conversations. To find out more, please visit classicalconversations.com. Colorado school shooting. Again? Again, man. What's in the air? And, and he can't get rid of this bar circus. Bar. And it's expensive. Circus. Very expensive circus. Life after Google? Oh. Is, is there life after Google? George Gilder. George Gilder, man. That guy is smart. I like him. Yep. yep. And also, a big shout-out. We don't do this very much. Big shout-out to Eric Rungi. He helped us with some things around here. And we're very, yeah. very grateful. Thank yeah, man. you. Uh, What's we got coming. I know. Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, Waterboy, good to be here with you guys. We are just a bunch of rowdy Presbyterians, and we're excited to proclaim the Lordship of Christ over every area of our lives. So... We are participating in the Summer Bible Reading Challenge, and we want to encourage others to join us. We're going to do this for three months. There's a bunch of people participating yeah. in it from all over the is world. That the, that the that's things? that's the little things right here. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's let's be honest for a minute. How's your Bible reading going? Great. It's the middle of the year. Oh, you're talking, talking to me. Your New Year's about, resolutions. You're talking about all those people, those fives and fives uh, of people. I'm, listening. I'm talking about you and everybody. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a pastor. Your New Year, Year's resolution yeah. kind of petered out How a little your, bit. How is your New Year resolution going? Well, <laughs> yeah. the the Bible reading challenge is for you to jump in on. This is a summer Bible reading challenge. Ooh. Um, because, hey, just get in the Word. Yeah. And and the focus of this reading challenge in particular is just every day in the Word is a good day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Word is food. Amen. And people, Christians overthink this way too much. It's like if you have, if you thought about food the way you think about reading the Bible, like and you're like, well, I didn't have a steak dinner. Yeah. I didn't have a steak dinner for breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's like you would die if you thought that way. But um, you just eat. Yeah. You know, um, Peter says, like newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. Just yeah. eat. Yeah. Just get in. So if you need some encouragement, um, jump on board. It's Christkirk.com forward slash Bible challenge. There you go. And, and you actually submit your email address. Get on the email list. And there's also Facebook. And there's also some Facebook groups for, for, for men, men and for women. And yeah. women. So and, is, is it and there's actually for men some, and women? Oh yeah, it's totally different. Okay, <laughs> no, it's the different same. Verses. It's the same. You're no, reading the same. Women no. get the no, odds, actually, men get the evens. The whole thing. It's actually. It's all. It's hashtag same page summer. So we're all okay. getting on the same page. Okay. Same page summer. And then there's also what uh, we developed some of these forms, little check boxes, and everything for yeah. uh, Spanish, French. Oh yeah, lots the of Dutch, languages. The Netherlands. That's what the <laughs> Netherlands. That's what it says. The Polskis. We're sorry. The Portuguese. The yeah. Russians, I know that's Russian. Turkey, serious. Um, uh, I don't know that last one. Summer Hebrew. Bible reading challenge. Check it yeah. out. Check it out. Join up. Read the Bible with us. I, I'm going to do it. Are you guys going to do it? Yeah, I'm yeah, going to do it. Secondly, so we'll, we're going to be at G3 conference uh, in January, 2020. 2020. We're going to actually do a couple live shows there. Hey, praise uh, God. There's, there's some really cool. There's hopefully more things on the back side of things that I'm working How on. How do with people Josh find Bice. out about G3? G3. Go to G3conference.com. Oh, really? It's that Sign easy. Sign up. It's in Georgia. It's on worship. Pat, Tom Askell, Josh Bice, uh, Lawson, Costi Hinn. There's a bunch you of. You know, one other reason people. to go. Not only all the great speakers is Georgia just passed this heartbeat law. Oh, and you know, the, and there's like all these people. Like Hollywood's like pulling out. Yes. I, I like what you're doing. And, That's and great. Christians ought to rush in. Yeah. And and go like, you know, go buy, you know, buy dinner. Yeah. Um, you know, several times. Yeah. Rent a big hotel. I mean, like, we want to like bring 
We're gonna did, bless Georgia. Did, did you see the filmmakers that are pulling out? I saw There's some headlines. Few, I was yeah, like, yeah. "Praise Jesus!" Yeah, and they pull, it's, get your trash out of here. Yeah. They're pulling out because <laughs> women's rights are are being violated. Right. I'm like, you don't yeah. care about women's rights, right? Yeah, because right. they don't mind exposing them on camera. Exactly. You know what I'm hey, saying? Right. Right. Okay. It's serious. Yeah. Serious. All right. So you guys been following this whole bar circus? It's, Unfortunately, yeah. Bar so circus. I want to give a little, just kind of a little background first of how we even got to here in the first place. Yeah. Because how did we get to here? There is so much going on. So right now, bar is being held in contempt. Well, how did we get to this point in the first yeah. place? So um, the, you remember this whole investigation started because the Hillary Clinton campaign funded uh, a foreign investigator to go do uh, op-, op research on the Trump campaign. Which okay. is normal, right? Um, well, a lot of – actually, a lot of campaigns do they, pay. They do this. Yeah, this is yeah. – Trump has somebody, I'm sure. They're right? always trying to dig up dirt on each other sure. is what, okay. what's going on, right? Okay, so Hillary hires somebody, yep. foreign, foreign operative, to dig up dirt on Trump's campaign. And then those files became the dossier files for the FISA judge um, to uh, 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 allow for the eventual Mueller investigation. Mueller so they used So they used a, a dirt file. Mm-hmm. That was for for Hillary's campaign against Trump to smear him. They used that to open an investigation on Trump yep. first, right? So campaign money basically this funded. Is like, this is worse than and, I thought. And remember the the, right. the FISA judges are just a, a a collection of judges that allow for secret that that basically um, will make a decision that we are will let this secret investigation happen within our governmental structure. Right. So it's a, it's a kind of a secretive process all the way Already, through. But, yeah. Yeah, but they right? have to. Get, there's a certain like level of threshold threshold of of proof to you get have a strong to, proof to do a secret yep. Yep. investigation yep. right yeah right? <laughs> well you would think but you know but the, they used a a a, 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 a this this um campaign funded yeah. foreign investigator it's insane right. foreign investigators files to be able to support like, the trump so, so anyway so the the Mueller investigation ended up so so you remember trump fired commie 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 okay <laughs> Kami Komi. Kami Komi. And then, which meant that they had to create a, a special investigating ring, which okay. ended up being the Mueller team. Mueller right? came in. Yeah, Mueller who, was, came in who used to be a director of the FBI. Under George Bush, right? right yeah, right. under George Bush. Right. And so that investigation with Trump took about 25 to 35 million. I heard 25 million then it yesterday. Keeps I heard 20. It keeps growing. <laughs> so it took about $35 million, the last number I heard. And about fifty lawyers, Ooh, that's expensive over five hundred in, uh, interviews, uh, and then that all translated into this four hundred page report. Okay, so that's what happened. Where and they then, found all the dirt was true. Well, and then Barr attorney. So that that report gets handed over to Department of Justice Attorney General William Barr, right? Uh-huh. And that got handed over in March. We all we all know it got handed over in March. And then Barr releases just a four page summary saying. Is, is so the two things they were after was was there collusion and right. was there obstruction of justice? Right. Okay. And so Barr's four-page summary of the 400-page report said no collusion and not enough evidence for obstruction of justice. Which he summarized what they what, – Right. What yeah, Mueller so he had. just summarized the report. And then the Democrats say that's not good enough. Um, you're coming in. We're going to interview. So they didn't like Barr's four-page summary. They said Barr was lying. If you remember, this, right, this right, all right, happened right, in right, March, right? They said Barr was lying. They um, just kind of and, and Mueller didn't help into. things. Mueller didn't help things, right? No, because well, he wrote. He actually wrote to Barr and said, "Hey, you didn't represent me properly yep, mm-hmm. in how you released the report." So then the Democrats demand that the full report be released, the or was that, report. was that already 
going to be released anyways. They didn't, they didn't have to release it. Uh, actually, legally, he's not allowed to release the whole thing to them anyway. Right, because it's it's it belongs to... Um, Only a grand jury could see the whole thing. If, the, if it, it was going to go to trial, okay. then the grand jury would be able to see the it unredacted report. It belongs to the report. executive branch. Right. Yeah, that's it's right. their investigation. Right. And so... And, but, and, and Congress has the right to investigate, so they could right. pay $35 million to right. do their own investigation they want. Right. They can right. do it. So it's released... Mm-hmm. And like eight percent of it is redacted. Yeah, all, all, re- but 8% all but eight percent. All but eight percent So so, so remember, ninety-two percent of it is revealed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, okay. And, and so remember, um, the uh, Barr releases the four-page summary, and then about three weeks later, two to I think it's two to four weeks later, he releases the whole port. That's this gets us right. to April. Yeah. And the Democrats are mad because they're saying Barr's lying, but the whole re- it's right here. The whole report. The whole report is it. right so there. So he's like, here, read it. Read, read the it. report for yourself. I just yep. summarized the findings. Yep. And and then um then they they recently find him in contempt. This is the part where I fall apart because <laughs> I don't understand what they're what they're putting him in contempt for. Well, well, real quick before we get there, I want to yeah. play the video of him in the middle of uh his his, his, his hearing, hearing yeah. before Congress. Okay? okay, so this is Barr explaining. Uh, why he wrote his letter the way he wrote it, and, and why he's and why Mueller was upset with him, and why Mueller. Okay, was upset. all right, here we go. If you received a letter from Bob Mueller a few days after your March 24th letter, it was clear he had some genuine concerns about what you had said and done to that point. Can we move to another topic? Yeah, his concerns was he wanted more ad. And I, I would analogize it to this. My, you know, after, after a you know, months-long trial, if, if, if I wanted to go out and get out to the public what the verdict was pending preparation of the full transcript, and I'm out there saying, here's the verdict, and the prosecutor comes up and taps me on the shoulder and says, well, the verdict doesn't really fully capture all my work. How about that great you know, cross-examination I did? Or how about that third day of trial where I did that? This doesn't capture everything. My answer to that is I'm not trying to capture everything. I'm just trying to state the verdict. Ah. So that's, that's so he says his fourth page letter, I was just stating the verdict. That's and, all he was doing. And Mueller was mad or upset somewhat that the four page letter didn't. Go into all the the flair and juice and the details, n- n- nuance yeah. of of the report. My emotions behind what I was yeah. writing, and and but the answer, of course, is and so then we released the whole report. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And exactly. now he's held in contempt. Uh, yeah, because he won't allow them to see the unredacted eight percent, the eight percent that they think there's something else underneath this. They didn't, he didn't have to show them any of the report. Correct, uh, unless there was a grand jury. And that's actually, the, and so he even allowed for them. He said, listen, guys, like, okay, fine. Special parts of the Congress can come into a room and amongst themselves conversate. And I will even allow less redactions and you guys can view that. Oh, he even offered he that. He even offered that. And they said no and, and get, gave a counter offer because what they want, uh, they want the grand jury testimonies that he has, the grand jury evidence that he has. And he's like, I'm not going to release that. Yeah. That's ours. Yeah. That's the part you can't see. That's the, that's where it's come down to. That's the only thing that's there. Right. And so I, I just well, don't understand. The, and, and this is, this is normal. When there's sensitive information, you you have uh, you don't release it publicly. Well, you redact it. But also, it's if law. You, they're not supposed it, to see it. it. You aren't supposed to see it. And if it goes to trial, then that sensitive information can be dealt with when the what, within the confines within, of a jury. It's, right. it's protected. It's yeah. still protected and everything. They so. could they could use a um, uh, they could go about getting it another way. They could go about other ways to get this unredacted information. Right. They they could actually go to court. They can go to court to get it. Right. But this has to do with Trump. Right. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you remember the Democrats just this last week, I think it was Nancy Pelosi said, we are, several Democrats have said this, we are in the midst of a constitutional crisis. Uh, so they're, they're 
Um, they're throwing no. everything. How is this a constitutional but, crisis? Eight percent is what's the, left. The Democrats are causing the constitutional crisis because yeah. they're the ones trying to get the executive branch to basically exactly. bow to them. Yes. And, yes. and the executive branch is saying, no, look, we did our job. In many ways, the executive branch has played along with some stuff that, that they didn't have to. That they didn't really have to. They, I mean, for a long time. I mean, he didn't, they didn't even have to do the Mueller investigation. No, they didn't. I mean, the, the, if the legislative branch believes that the executive branch is doing something nefarious, then they are responsible to go to court yeah. and ask a judge to, to or, look into that. Or has done something. Or I, actually hire a, a prosecuting attorney yeah. and go after him. The only reason I think Trump has played along this far and i'm not mad at him for doing it in one sense because he had to clear his name right he was trying to clear he, his name if he would have covered if he would have tried to say i'm not going to play their game i'm right. he would have looked guilty all the way up right. until now right so he had to play along just game. to clear his name but at this point his name's been cleared oh yeah it's I, all over i'm I, not playing your game anymore like, right? i'm nervous if the democrats ever get back in control they are I mean, they from everything I've seen this last year with the Kavanaugh hearings. This is a, with, this is a Kavanaugh hearing all over again. All actually. over again, it is. And, and then the Democrats wanting the you know the marathon bomber to be able to vote. <laughs> they yeah, want to upend the electoral college. I mean, they are wanting to basically all they're, all those plays that they're all the things they're saying and all the plays that they're trying to run. To me, it just looks like all they care about is power. Well, and and, you and know. I wouldn't put much. I mean, Republicans aren't far from this charge either. But the Democrats, with what I've seen this last year, I'm I'm nervous if yeah, they ever they get back but, to power. But they don't have any teeth, though. I mean, they don't have any teeth. All they have is a stall tactic. That is their biggest. No, but weapon. if they're in power, dude, they don't care about justice. They don't care about your rights. They yeah. don't care. I mean, the they don't care about, about Kavanaugh's rights. The they about, don't care about Barr's rights. Yeah. The thing about this, though, is I mean, I I mean, my hope and 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 prayer and all this is that um, they continue to overplay their hands. Yeah, I think I think yeah. the whole Kavanaugh thing. I think ticked a lot of people off yeah. and and you know a lot of people even saw democrats. even democrats saw yeah. them like this is ridiculous yeah. and i think they're getting really really close to the exact same thing with trump it's yeah. like look yeah he sometimes says things that are offensive sometimes he doesn't want to play the game sometimes whatever but he he this whole deal goes back to hillary yeah. i know i know hillary way, started this Hil- this goes back to hillary <laughs> based on a <laughs> false document yeah this is a false document. Based on a false document. And he's sitting here, Barr's sitting up here, have to argue his position. And they're like, we're holding you in contempt. No. I'm in contempt because of Hillary's campaign funded investigation. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. the FISA court wrongly uh, uh, thought yeah. was good evidence. So I'm in contempt. Right. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Um, this yeah. last week, you know, two students opened fire um, in a charter school. Yeah, uh, in an affluent suburb of Denver, mm-hmm. not far from Columbine. Yeah, uh, remember yeah. that Seven was a miles shooting so, right? back there. Um, this time, one uh, student was killed, uh, eight were wounded, um, mm. uh, and there's a number of interesting things about this story. Yeah. Um, what's really being played up in the news right now is the heroic efforts of one particular student yeah. who, when when uh, when the one student opened fire, immediately jumped up. And basically tackled, yep. tackled the student with a gun. Yep. He was shot in the process and, and killed. Yep. Um, but the shooting was initially disrupted by the leadership of this one student who was killed along with several other students who basically tackled um, the shooters. Way to go, guys. Yeah. Um, Imagine so, if that student had a gun. <laughs> Uh, well, hold on, Gabe. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, sorry, on, he's from on. Texas. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know better. But um, they did have an armed guard there, though. But yeah. the thing that, that's striking. So, um, thankfully, because of the bravery and the courage and the heroism of these students, um, a, a less lot probably died. Yeah, yeah less uh-huh. died. It was mm-hmm. stopped quickly, and mm-hmm. so on. Um, some of the interesting things, though, in the background that we wanted to note was just um, number one, um, the the lead shooter, uh, the 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 young man. 
Uh, he's an anti-Trumper. He's, he's a anti-Christian. A significantly, like outspoken yep. anti-Trump, you know, liberal mm. leftist guy. Mm. Yeah, and that's not getting played up at all. Who is this guy? Well, I mean, I didn't when when the shooting happened. You heard about it, and then it just kind of disappeared just for yeah, a couple it days. Hit, yes, okay. what, what what came back up was actually the heroism of this, uh, right. of this kid. That's what, that's what they're playing up. Which, that's what they're playing again, up. Again, and I appreciate that. Like yeah. I appreciate I want to play up the heroism Absolutely. of, of Absolutely. that student. Yeah. That's, 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 that's very good, and, yeah. and praise God. Thank God for him. But this is not the normal narrative that you hear after a school yeah. shooting. It, yeah, most it's, shootings— you We can, need to get rid of guns. You know, well, but before, but before that, there's still a little bit of that. But the thing that they immediately want to talk about is the motivation behind the shooting. Mm. We're not hearing yeah. any of the motivation. Remember the anti-Semitism? Yeah. Right. We just had the, the, the kid from the California, the, the Presby- Reformed Presbyterian Church yeah. down in Southern California who shoots up the synagogue and everybody's yep. talking about his theology yep. yeah. and his yeah. anti-Semitism. And you see what this leads to. Yep. Where Cr- is that? Crickets. Where is that for What this? motivated yeah. this guy's shooting? Yep. Anti-Trump? What, what did motivate? Liberalism? We don't know. Weed? Um, but Does he smoke weed in Colorado? <laughs> exactly. but, so <laughs> the point isn't mm-hmm. that we know. The yeah. point is, why are we not talking about it? Yeah. I mean, that, right. That's the narrative. But I think the point is, is that the media talks about what motivated the shooting when it suits their agenda. Yeah, right. that's right. When, it, that's when, right. when the agenda is, we need to show right. how... Um, uh, any kind of fundamentalism, yeah. people who really believe the Bible or really mm-hmm. believe in this faith, yeah. in their Christian yeah. faith, that drives, that, that heads to violence. Yeah, we it, want to deconstruct that. It, it radicalizes people. Right. You know, that's the language Well, the use. other person involved in all this was a, is a, is a woman who's transitioning to a boy. So the, the other possible? shooter yeah, in no, all this. Yeah, yeah, no, and you, you haven't heard Cross-dressing. Of, you haven't heard, yeah, right. Yeah, no, but that's, that's the thing, though. Is that's the other thing that I wanted to point out is that um, if you read through a number of the stories, you'll find out that in some of the early reporting, um, police officers actually said we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl mm. uh, mm-hmm. and then they said we got back to the station and we realized that it was uh, a girl wow. and they were referring to uh, to her yep. as a girl right. Right. Huh. and then in a day or two later a couple stories come out and say actually we realized that uh, she calls herself Alec and um, ref- is referred to by a male pronoun. So why huh. don't they use the terminology transgender? But there's no mention of trans or transgender yeah. anywhere in these stories. Why? Because it's, it's not a good narrative. They could, don't they don't want to bash could, transgender community. Could, could there be anything? Is there anything about somebody who is so confused, so depressed, so angry with their life that they would be willing to transition? Yeah. You know, or try to transition genders. Um, that that could then also drive them to oh I don't know violence yeah well well here here's the thing so transgendered um when I looked at pictures of these shooters yesterday yeah, I was yeah. I was sad for them yes they are unloved but when you're yeah, taught yeah, yeah. that you're just chemicals right you're just molecules you're just biology just evolving in this world and then you can evolve from a man to a woman a woman to a man and then what's the what's the problem with shooting someone and them involving into the dirt again but 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 the thing is is with that is that that they're already doing violence to the to the world that god made they're already doing violence to their own bodies they're doing violence in the classroom remember when we had larry stevenson on yeah yeah yeah. we're letting the wolves in the classroom we let the snipers in the classroom a long time ago we're doing violence to truth yeah and then we do violence to god's truth and people you said it was a girl right it's, yes. it's a girl. Yeah, and that's the other huh, problem. Tell with me this. about this toxic max- masculinity. Again. That's the other thing. Yeah, it doesn't that's fit. A, it doesn't fit any of the narratives, and so we're not talking about it. Bible reading challenge. All right, George Gilder, when we come back on Cross Politics, I really like our new machine. Life Ooh. after Google. Thank you, Don't Eric. Miss it. <laughs> 
Classical Conversations supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. We provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum, local, like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical. Christian. Get connected. Get community. If you need a little red meat in your diet, Pastor Doug Wilson. By the thousands, parents are saying, not with my kid you don't, and have enrolled their children in private academies, have started to homeschool, have taken advantage of tutorial services, and so forth. However, this growing challenge to secular education has some necessary ramifications in the years to come, for which established evangelical colleges are singularly unprepared. The reasons for this are legion, but all reduced to the embarrassing fact that there's far too much jelly in evangelical. To enjoy more red meat of this kind, check out the podcast on iTunes or for more blogging of this particular nature, blog and may blog at dougwills.com. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. We are very excited and honored to have with us on the line uh, Mr. George Gilder. George Gilder is one of the leading economic and technological thinkers of the past 40 years. He's the author of 19 books, including Men in Marriage, Wealth and Poverty, Life After Television, Knowledge and Power, The Scandal of Money, and most recently, Life after Google. Wow. Uh, according to a study of presidential speeches, Mr. Gilder was President Reagan's most frequently quoted living author. Wow, I did not know that. Uh, in, what? <laughs> in 1986, President Reagan gave George Gilder the White House Award for Entrepreneurial Excellence. Wow. He's a founding fellow of the Discovery Institute, where he began his study of information theory. He's also an influential venture investor. Mr. Gilder is a contributing editor of Forbes magazine and a frequent writer for The Economist, American Spectator, Harvard Business Review, Wall Street Journal, and other publications. Oh, my goodness. Mr. Gilder lives in over Mass- the, Over the years. Uh, <laughs> that bio, I'm not sure where you got that bio, but I haven't written for a lot of those. Um, <laughs> I haven't written for a lot of those publications for a while. Oh, for a while. Well, <laughs> okay. but you did write for them. Yeah, you. I sure did. Do you still <laughs> do you still live in Massachusetts in the Berkshire Mountains? I, I sure do. Okay, well that's good. All right. Uh, well, yeah. thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Gilder. It's great to have you on Cross Politic. It's great to be here. In Life After Google, you predict the fall of the Google empire because you argue that those business giants are built on a false worldview that you sometimes call Google Marxism. Mm, what, what do you mean by that? And what are the false assumptions driving Google and these infotech giants? Well, uh, Google, Google is making the same error that Karl Marx did. Karl Marx's great misconception was that the industrial revolution of his era, you know, all the railroads and turbines and assembly lines and factories and the beginning of electricity 
represented a kind of final thing, an eschaton. Mm. Uh, mm. And that in the future, uh, the problem of politics and economics wouldn't be creating wealth, but it would be redistributing wealth. And the Google people make the same error. They say that their artificial intelligence is so brilliant that it's leading to a singularity where human beings will be made obsolete. And uh, uh, Brennan Page and mm. will fly off to nearby planets with Elon Musk <laughs> in a winner-take-all universe <laughs> while the rest of us retire to beaches on a guaranteed annual income. Wow. It's, it's, it's just a return of the old Marxist delusion that you don't need entrepreneurial creativity anymore huh. uh, in the image of our creator. Instead, we, uh, we need uh, redistribution by experts. Huh. Ooh, by experts. So and, and, uh, and, and, in time, even the experts will be replaced by machines. Oh, wow! So you're you're it, it's complete. It's a complete delusion. There's there's no, there's virtually no validity in it. Uh, current changes in computer science are not greater than previous changes. It's uh, it's there's no acceleration of progress projecting toward an exponential future where machines will be uh, more intelligent or more capable than human beings. So you're, you're saying that you're, you're saying that worldview um, actually has significant implications on business practices. Absolutely. Worldview is uh, one of the problems of uh, Google is because they have a total commitment to materialist evolution. They believe that human beings are just a product of some kind of random process mm. and are way suboptimal compared to the machines that their experts can build in uh, laboratories based on their new scientific uh, uh, pursuits. And wow. it's, it's, it's an illusion and and it uh, leads to this very self-defeating worldview. And I I've I do big numbers. You know, so I've been following this technology for decades, and yeah. I've always looked to the point of the Zettabyte era. <laughs> that is when when the whole internet would pass a Zettabyte in uh, total storage <laughs> and and uh, uh, what people don't realize is this is the whole internet all the storage and processing on the internet comes to about a zettabyte but <laughs> the connectome of the human brain also takes about a zettabyte mm. to uh, store that's 10 to the 21st that's that's just a vast number beyond uh, easy conception. Yeah. And in other words, uh, the human brain is as complex as the entire global internet. Mm. <laughs> wow. One, one human brain. And one human brain functions on 12 to 14 watts 
types of energy. The global internet that takes billions and billions of watts of en- energy. Wow. So uh, it, it, we aren't even remotely close to reproducing the capabilities of a single human brain, let alone 4 billion human brains, wow. 10 billion human brains. Thank you. Um, I want to go back to my old high school and remind them how smart I am now. <laughs> so, yeah. so, George, so when you, when you talk about wealth and what it is, what is it? What is wealth and how is it that you accumulate wealth? Well, wealth is knowledge. And we know wealth is knowledge because the Neanderthal in his cave had all the material resources we have today. Uh, the dis- difference between our age and the Stone Age is entirely an accumulation of knowledge. Mm. And uh, if wealth is knowledge, economic growth can be defined as learning. Huh. And uh, this is this is what economic growth is. It's finding out new things. It's increasing uh, the repositories of knowledge so how do i uh, how do i take my knowledge learning learning means finding out new things and uh and and that means that uh, outcomes can't be determined ahead of time right Right. that's really Um, interesting so so george how do i take my knowledge and turn it into money if i know if i have a bunch of ideas um how do i convert my knowledge into money? Well, uh, through uh, capitalist business plans, you uh, you uh, take your knowledge and you expose it to an experimental test in the market, <laughs> uh, which uh, can affirm it Boy, if uh, your customers voluntarily purchase your product yeah. and your product uh, performs the function for them, but if your your speculative knowledge is uh, disproven, if uh, nobody wants your product, then you learn. You still learn, yeah. yeah. And uh, really you you yeah. uh, you proceed to improve it, mm. and that's how uh, capitalism is not chiefly an incentive system. Of a mm. system of carrots and sticks, or rewards and punishments. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't need eighty billion dollars uh, in order to motivate him to go to the office every day. Yeah. Yeah. The reason Mark Zuckerberg has this huge wealth that he has is because he invested it, and it's invested. And if Mark Zuckerberg really tried to sell, all his uh, shares of Facebook, he would probably dis- discover the <laughs> value of the shares would drop faster than he could sell them. Huh. I mean, it's it's yeah, uh, it's uh, capitalism is an information system and a moral system, uh, not of uh, human creators in the image of their creator. Mm. Not a system of carrots and sticks and rewards and punishments. Not a Skinner box mm. whereby uh, human beings are essentially programmed by their physical environment. 
it, it sounds like you're saying that that capitalism is a Christian theory of economics. Can, can you explain yeah, it? How is how is, is how is that so? Um, because because capitalism uh, is based on the dignity and really sanctity of individual human beings. Uh, uh, Christianity asserts that human beings have souls, and uh, <laughs> they um, and and uh, and are sacred ultimately, mm. and uh, are made in the image of their creator to be creative. Uh, and uh, the Google philosophy assumes that human beings are just uh, material products of evolution and really subject to the um, what I call the flat universe theory. Mm. The flat universe <laughs> says there's nothing out there but physics and chemistry. Yeah. That's the flat universe theory. And most of Silicon Valley upholds the flat universe theory. Wow. In, in your book, in your book, Knowledge and Power, you have a beautiful chapter at the very end where you argue that capitalism is an economic theory of gift giving. Can you explain that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mean greed is not a gift is not really uh, an offering that uh, where you expect no return. That's a that's a misconception of what a gift is. You give a gift uh, in expectation of some kind of affirmation from the rest of the universe, from uh, your religion or your uh, sense of the truth or your uh, expectation of ultimate reciprocation. That's what a gift is. It, it, the idea that a gift is totally... Uh, selfless or totally without expectation of any return is false. And once you get over that, you realize that investments are really gifts. You make, uh, the capitalist makes a gift, makes an investment, and uh, the world, and he has that faith uh, that the world will respond positively to this, to his investment, that that uh, people in the market will voluntarily uh, respond to his offering. And uh, in that sense, uh, capitalism is a system of altruism. You have to respond to the needs of others imaginatively, and you have to collaborate with others, and you have to trust others. It's a uh, it's an other-oriented system, not a system based on incentives and selfishness. Mm-hmm. As, uh, wow. as often it's like described. loving your neighbor. Yeah, it's, it's like, like loving your yeah, neighbor. So, so, George, you're making my brain hurt a little bit. <laughs> you're, um, are, are you basically saying an, an investment is a gift um, because of not only the risk that that, that person's taking to, do, to, to, to put into an investment, but um, also because of the the results of of what that investment can do to other people yeah i mean the investment will succeed or fail depending on the voluntary responses (laughs) of other people yeah right taking it doesn't uh, investment can't be taking uh that's uh 
That's opposite. They, they get, yeah. Investments are giving, not taking. Huh. Somebody who's interested in socialists want to take. Socialism is based on on uh, people declaring their right for various material benefits. Huh. And uh, it's and combining politically to seize wealth from other people and take it wow. for your own purposes. That's really good. That's kind of a it's good argument against socialists is that you, you can ask them, what are you doing to give to society? Right. I'm what, taking from you is what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you doing to produce? Yeah. What are you doing um, to invest? Yeah. What are you doing to give? That's okay, really, that's okay really George, there's, there's a lot of people who are amateurs on this. A lot of people are going to hear this for the first time, but you talk yeah. about the future is blockchain um, uh, technology. Um, and kind of the yep. Bitcoin security. Could you kind of just break down that whole world? What is what is what is blockchain? What is Bitcoin cryptocurrency? Yep. Kind of break down for for us amateurs. What is that? Well, what what you want to understand is there are two great crises underway in the world economy. One of them is the breakdown of trust on the internet. <laughs> yep. uh, last year, the the more uh, companies spend on security, the less security they get. Mm. Uh, that's uh, a increase in expenditures and encryption and, and firewalls and all the various security apparatus are increasing 20 to 30% a year. And yet last year, there were more breaches on the internet than ever before, a billion breaches of of private information occurred last year mm-hmm. on the internet. There's a complete collapse of internet security and this this results in everybody distrusting everybody else mm-hmm. and constant accuse, accusations of conspiracy and yep. and uh, collusion. And we don't we we can't don't even dare let the Chinese company the leading capitalist company in China by many measures, Huawei build networks in the United States, uh, right. although they buy $11 billion worth of chips from Intel to do it, wow. uh, because uh, because we think the internet is constantly being hacked. It's not trustworthy. So that's the first uh, big crisis. And the other is the crisis of money. Uh, we, uh, You know what the largest... Uh, Industry in the world economy is by far 25 times bigger than all global GDP, 73 times bigger than all trade in goods and services. It's, it's currency trading. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh-huh. and all this currency trading, this vast $5.1 trillion a day of currency trading doesn't even arrive at currency sufficiently reliable so that uh, we don't have constant threats of trade wars and accusations of monetary manipulation and 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 really a breakdown of uh, the world world economy of trust and trade huh. which is uh, the source of all our wealth and growth so so these are the two big problems both of them are addressed addressed by this new movement, this new global movement of cryptocurrencies based on a blockchain and a, a 
a blockchain is a new architecture of internet security. It, it, uh, rather than taking all the private information and putting it in centralized databases somewhere, um, where everybody knows where it is and what's important and uh, then defending it with firewalls and uh-huh. encryption and all the various devices. Rather, the blockchain is a, distributes this information all over all the nodes of the network. Hmm. And uh, this means that uh, stealing it in one place is irrelevant because uh, uh, unless you control half the computers on the network, you can't change anything. Right. So, so it, it's a new form of security. And it's also a new form of money that mimics gold. It's, uh, gold is the last global money we had, where there was a single money, uh, essentially, as a measuring stick for commerce all around the world. And under the gold standard, uh, the world economy had its most prosperous era. Uh, the Industrial Revolution occurred. The British Empire spread around the globe. It, and uh, for 200 years, interest rates scarcely went above 4%. Wow. It was, there was virtually no inflation. Wow. Uh, entrepreneurs could plan and make yeah. commitments over decades without worrying that the money would uh, dissolve. Uh, mm. So 200 years with, uh, with virtually no inflation, we will go off the gold standard and 97% of the value of the dollar gets lost in 50 years. Wow. So, so what Bitcoin should I be investing in right now? <laughs> um, you know, Bitcoin is has a problem with its design and it's that problem is being worked out and there are now lots of competitive bitcoins yeah and and so uh and but uh the key thing that happened in the last year the key problem that the blockchain movement solved was ipos we've Mm. uh the u.s has not had any initial public offerings to speak up for decades. We now have fewer IPOs than China, uh, but China has three times more IPOs than we do. That's initial public offerings of companies on the stock exchange. Uh-huh. So, and, and, uh, and this is because of Sarbanes-Oxley and other laws that attempt that make it so costly and perilous to go public that uh, only the biggest companies can manage to do it. Interesting. So, so uh, on one blockchain called Ethereum, yeah. uh, conducted $25 billion worth of initial coin offerings. These are new coins and tokens to finance a couple thousand new companies uh, in the last 12 months or so. I mean, it's just an awesome wow. feat uh, from showing that uh, blockchains are not a trivial breakthrough. They allow a tremendous uh, fundraising for companies just for one 
very serious application uh, that really has endowed most of the next generation of exciting new technologies in the world. Yeah. Well, I want to. Do you want to ask me more about blockchain? I, I, of course, I do. Yeah, I want to ask him a more? bunch of questions. I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more. <laughs> okay. Life after Google. I know that's life right. That's, that's what I'm going to say. I, I'm going to hold off on life after yeah. Google. I, I, go ahead. I'll let yours go. Well, I want to. I actually want to push this one more direction, uh, George, and that is, um, I just finished your very first book, Sexual Suicide, uh, which was republished as Men in Marriage, and I want to connect yeah. connect the dots for us. You outline in that book why men and men in monogamous heterosexual marriage uh, is so essential for the long-term stability and success for a culture or society or economy. And I just, can you briefly sketch that argument and get our audience to buy your book? (laughs) Men men are connected to the future through their children. Mm. And that means that 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 the connection of men to the future leads through the wombs of women Mm. (laughs) and uh, women have this tremendous power over men (laughs) and uh, this and and this power that they exercise in a in a Christian culture with families and fathers and and uh, marriages uh, the fathers get tied to the future through their children and uh, mm. earn their role in their children's lives by supporting their families. You're you're multiplying and, knowledge uh, by having kids. Yes, you're multiplying knowledge. Not only multiplying knowledge, you're Wealth. extending the society into the future. That's you're right. Yeah. Achieving the survival of the human race and. Uh, uh, Men, uh, men are dependent on women for that, uh, and that dependency is is enforced through Christian marriage. Mm. And uh, without it, uh, men are kind of set adrift in society, and they uh, tend to become enemies of society. And and uh, oh. you, you know the the. Islamic world is full of uh, harems and and uh, you know uh, polygyny. You know that's uh, the powerful men can have many wives and yeah. uh-huh. dominate the li- dominate the lives of many young women. And in, in, in uh, the West, it happens through serial divorces and mm. and Ooh. other such. Can we just keep talking um, to George oh, for the third segment? Can man. we just, George, how much time do you have? I just want to keep talking. I have so many questions I want to ask you. You got a couple got more another, minutes? N- another 10 minutes? Um, what time? Yeah, I got till one o'clock. That's okay. Let's, That's let's make it happen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's did you let's have, just finish this well, out with well, George. Uh, can you connect this? Just connect. Um, so you said men tend to become, um, I mean, antisocial, uh, you know, they come, they begin, begin to fight Enemies. against civilization. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we we keep seeing these like shooters, for example, in the news. Uh, is this connected to um, the failure or the rejection of Christian marriage? I think so. I think that that these uh, that 
the role of men in the world is very much embattled. And boys growing up have little idea of what their roles are to be. Mm. Uh, their sexuality is condemned. You know, it's me too. Uh, the male initiative, which is inherent in male bodies and female bodies, uh, is condemned. And and uh, and children are regarded to be a burden on the environment mm. or they're... They emit yeah. carbon dioxide. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, CO two. Yeah, I mean, it's, and so, so it really is a there really is a crisis of male motivation and male connection to the future, and uh, and this makes crazed men, you know, men who aren't uh, at least stable uh, psychologically yeah. a, a dire threat to the society wow and it, you tell a, and, and of course islamic men feel completely dispensable because the powerful men can have a whole bunch of wives yeah uh, mm. you you mentioned in that book that as as marriage became i'm paraphrasing as marriage became more open for partners to leave it also opened it up for the powerful to intrude. Oh, that's that's exactly right. That's, I, I probably said that once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so George, um, we've talked a lot about knowledge. Knowledge is wealth. Um, you're connecting that to basically what it means for masculinity in our society. Um, how do we fix? How do we fix this? Well, I I really do think. Uh, we do need a religious revival. We need a, and and that has often happened throughout history. The periods of where uh, faith fails and and uh, chaos ensues, and then there are great awakenings and great revivals and reformations. Amen. Amen. And, and renaissances and I, I i think it's really a mistake almost like the google marxism to imagine that because we're in a dire time at the moment that uh we can't re recover and uh, you start you starting to sound presbyterian and, to me <laughs> are you presbyterian well i i actually was Baptized by a Presbyterian minister <laughs> named George Buttrick. But I'll take I actually that. Go to a, I go to a congregational church in uh, okay. my hometown. Well, you in Massachusetts. This is a congregational state. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you tell a beautiful story, George, at the end in your afterward of, in Men in Marriage about finding a, a, a manuscript written by your biological dad. Can you tell us that story? Yeah. Well, it's. It, uh, my father was killed in the Second World War, and I scarcely ever knew him. And uh, and I wrote a book called uh, Wealth and Poverty on uh, on economics, and supply side economics, the altruism of capitalism, the futility of greed as a motivation for investment and 
and industry. And, and then, um, after wealth and poverty was a worldwide bestseller, uh, I, um, my uncle said they found a box of papers from my father in the attic. I never heard of it. <laughs> and, uh, I looked at the papers and, uh, my father, when he died in the second world war was in the process of writing a book of, of economics, <laughs> uh, which could have been entitled wealth and poverty. It, wow. It a great, a great stress on, on, uh, intangible capital and uh, knowledge and information and all those. Um, it was really a, almost a mystical experience. Uh, that somehow I'd been guided uh, to write a book that my father would have wanted to write. That's amazing. And That's great. It, as if he was still guiding my life, although I didn't know him. And I actually... I didn't even talk about him a great deal because my mother remarried his first cousin and 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 my my father wasn't much uh discussed in the house yeah, that, that's an amazing story yeah okay th this i think we're we're hitting we gotta wrap it up we're gonna wrap it up yep. for you but this last part I, one of the things that i saw that you said you said the greatest scandal in probably the last few decades has been the guaranteed college fund and i'm trying Ooh. to figure out like really there, that's the greatest there, scandal. That's the, one of the some of the greatest scandals that's happened recently. Is that and I'm like, why? Since they're actually gaining knowledge, isn't that what you say you're supposed to do to get wealth? And they're saying, <laughs> hey, we're we're giving you money to get wealth, right? So how is that one of the well, greatest scandals well, guaranteeing college? Well, uh, the, the guaranteed student loans for uh, raised uh, some two point. Uh, Two trillion dollars now. I think mean, oh. it's over yep. two trillion dollars of wow. student loans, yep. and uh, the colleges didn't take the student loans. All this two trillion dollars of additional money guaranteed by the taxpayer and improve education, or uh, actually make the colleges better, or or reduce the tuitions for the students instead the colleges took the money and ran oh. uh, they, they built they they built up these vast administrative yep. offices with gender studies mm. enforcement and, and and all this uh destruction of knowledge rather than actual uh learning. Mm. And so I, I think that this is a great scandal. I mean, instead of educate, the cost of education rose faster than anything, except maybe the cost of um, medical care. And both of them were guaranteed by government. Yeah. Oh. Guaranteed something by government. Yeah. Surprise. Uh, you don't learn. There's no learning. I would so, just say the one, uh, the one difference cost, there is just, the one difference there is um, at least hospitals can still deal with my health problems right now. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Even, that? I was just saying the one difference between education and healthcare is at least hospitals can still deal with my health problems right now. Give it four the, years. The universities can't deal with my knowledge problems. <laughs> 
for, for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So, oh, George. So, Life After Google, available on Amazon, everywhere books are sold. George, I'm so grateful that you came on the show. Thank you so much, sir, for your time. Yeah, um, that was good. That was really good. Wait, I. I just found all these books by, I feel like, I, I don't know where I've been. My Kindle just got lit up, I will tell you that. But y'all need to go out and buy all the George Gilder books you can find. Find them on Audible. Yes. Thank you so much, George. And like I always say, if, if, I, I think it has more value to me now, too. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. Yeah. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight. Laugh. And feast. This is cross politics. That was good. Hey, George.